Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Chalk Talk. I'm your host, Taylor Davis, joined, as always, by McKenna Kelly, and we are here to talk all things gymnastics for you. Today, we're going to be talking about a few different storylines, kind of more generic, but one for college, one for elite. For the college side, we are going to be talking all about the recruiting process. When we had uh, Jay Clark on last week and he was talking about his involvement in recruiting, it got me thinking, I don't really know how all of that works. So we're going to have McKenna explain all of that for us today. And then it was also announced this week that the Olympic training for the USA Gymnastics team is going to be happening at a facility in Indianapolis. So we're going to talk about that change, obviously coming off the heels of all the Team USA issues, no longer training at the Corollis Ranch and all of that. So we're going to break that down for you. And then we have a very special guest I am so excited about, Olympic gold medalist, NCAA champion. Really, I don't even know what to use to describe him because he's pretty much done it all. We'll just say gymnastics extraordinaire, Bart Connor is joining us. And McKenna and I both love Bart and have so much respect for him. He is one of a kind. So we're so excited to have him on at the end of the show. McKenna, how was your first trip as an ambassador? How was it? It was amazing. I had such an incredible time. It was so nice to kind of be low key on on the backside of things and, and getting to watch gymnastics. I had so many just like good memories come flooding and I had little butterflies, just good emotions and uh, just reminding me of being in that club level and competing as a little girl again. But it was nice knowing I didn't have to compete the next day or anything (laughs) like that. But yeah, it was really, really good. Um, So thank you to World Class Gymnastics in Albany, New York. You guys were incredible. You were so welcoming um, and you guys really set the bar high for these next couple CGGI meets. That's so fun. What all did you do while you were there? So, I mean, it was pretty, it was pretty low maintenance. I mean, I'm, I'm one of those people that like, you know, you have me for the weekend. I'm here to work. So put me to work. I don't care if I'm busy all day, if I'm not doing it, like I'm yours, like, you know, get me to going. Um, so they really just had me hang out, watch, watch the gymnastics meet. Um, and then at the end I would hand out the team awards. I would go sign autographs, take pictures. And then they, as soon as one side of the gym would end, the other one would end. So then I'd run over and go do that team awards and these autographs and pictures. And then the next gym session would start. And then I'd watch gymnastics again. And I wanted to go interact with the girls, but at the same time, I was like, I don't want to distract them, you know, from sure. competing. If, if, if I, if there was a, a gymnast I really looked up to, or, you know, there's a, a prominent gymnast there it would probably throw me off and I'd be a little not focused. So I didn't, I didn't want to get in the way of any of that. But if, you know, there was a really good beam routine that went on or something like that, I'd go over and give them a hug and um, say like, great job, like good luck rest season girls. And um, yeah, it, it was just whatever they had me do. And uh, it, it was really, really a good time. That's so fun. I feel like that's a unique way to kind of keep your foot in the door and, and be around yeah. it, even though you're retired now, you still kind of get to be around the atmosphere, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know that's not something I really thought about. I would I would be doing after gymnastics. You know, I kind of thought it would be kind of a shut the book, move on type thing. But yeah. it's really drawn me back into the community, and it, I guess I didn't understand or realize how big of an impact I can make, considering just the growth of college gymnastics and where we're headed. Um, it's been pretty cool that I'm able to step in and, and help out with that. 
That is awesome. Well, I'm sure you did a great job and it'll be the first of many. So that is super exciting. Well, we're going to dive right into the stories today to make room for Bart Connor because we have lots of questions for him. But before we do that, I want to make sure we talk once again about sleep. We talked about this last week and I just feel like I need to share it with you guys again because we all deserve great sleep. Actually, we need a minimum eight hours of sleep, which is sometimes difficult for people to attain. One of sleep's biggest problems is temperature. It's tough to get good sleep if you're too hot or if you're too cold. So I want to tell you guys about the Pod by 8 Sleep. The Pod by 8 Sleep is a high-tech bed designed specifically to help you achieve optimal sleep fitness. It was developed by leading sleep researchers after tracking 43 million hours of sleep. It combines dynamic temperature regulation and sleep tracking to enhance your rest and recovery. It learns your sleep habits and adjusts the temperature automatically. Honestly, this sounds like a perfect situation for athletes. If you are kind of tossing and turning and and dealing with the aftermath of a tough practice, like this might be the bed for you. It is crazy comfortable and it adjusts to the temperature that you want. You'll sleep longer and deeper so you wake up refreshed and ready to take on the world. And you can try the pod for 100 nights. And if you don't love it, they're going to refund your purchase and then arrange a free pickup. So there's basically no harm done if you don't like this thing. But they already sold out of their first two batches. So they're going quickly, especially with the holiday season. So you want to jump on this offer for a limited time. Our listeners will get $150 off your purchase if you use 8sleep.com slash Pro. So that's the number eight spelled out E I G H T sleep.com slash pro. You can thank me later. Okay, <laughs> let's get into talking about gymnastics. Like I said, want to learn all about the recruiting process. I, I personally have never been recruited for uh, anything ever. Uh, so <laughs> really just want to hear all about it. I mean, I think it's, it's unique in a sport like gymnastics because you start watching film on people when they're so young. I mean, like you start getting footage of, of really great skills when, when these kids are 13, 14, like you start thinking about college so early in gymnastics. Oh yeah. I want to hear it from the jump. How does the entire process kind of begin and when? Yeah. Um, I think it, it differs per athlete. Um, and I think everyone's experience with recruiting is different. I mean, there are set in stone rules and to be honest, I I couldn't tell you, I couldn't sit here and tell you them, um, just because they do change. And, um, you, you know, you kind of trust that the coach on the other side of things is following those rules. So as, as the athlete on the other side of things, you're kind of just along for the ride and you're kind of just keeping your options open and looking for, you know, what interests you and where you can make the biggest impact. Um, I was actually, I had a speech last night and that was one of the questions is, you know, what is that recruitment process like? Like, what are your advice for, you know, gymnasts who want to be in college and do gymnastics? And um, I guess my advice, if I'm re-answering that question, is, um, you know, girls, make a list. Make a list of the colleges that you're interested in and where you can make an impact. Um, if, if you're looking for a school where you just kind of want to be a part of the success, then then go to a school like that and, and you know, consider yourself um, that walk-on spot. Those are incredible opportunities. But at the same time, if you have a school that's offering you money and a scholarship um, that could really use your gymnastics, you know, you can make a really big impact there. So it kind of depends on what your goals are. I mean, if you're more of looking on the education side of things and, you know, there's a school that offers um, a specific 
major that you're interested in, you definitely need to look at that sort of thing too. Um, there, there's so many complexities, so many different levels that you have to look at in the recruiting process, but it, gosh, it is so fun. It really is. So what's kind of the logistical side of things? Like, do you start talking on the phone? Do people make house visits? Like when, how sure. do you actually communicate with these schools? So I think there's a new rule where you, they can't talk to you until your junior year. Maybe it's senior year. I'm, I'm not sure. But okay. when I was being recruited, um, it was they couldn't talk to you. You, If you reached out to them, um, I believe that's when they could respond, but they couldn't they couldn't put their foot in the door first. I had to make the first move. Um, and th- there's a certain date um, that tells you, you know, when the coach is allowed to talk to you and that sort of thing. There is an off period because like you were saying, I mean, when schools are looking at gymnasts, I mean, they, they've got classes filled up in, in 2023. I mean, it, it's it's almost absurd. But if one school's doing it, the next school's going to do it because they feel like they're missing out on recruits. And so everyone's jumping the gun and trying to get all these best recruits. But especially as young girls – a lot of these women haven't hit puberty yet. They they haven't become a, a young woman. They're little girls, and, right. and along with injuries, I mean, their their style of gymnastics could change. They could gain muscle. They could they could lean out. You never and injuries play along in that too. So you don't even really know if you're recruiting that early. The athlete you're going to necessarily get when she comes to college. Um, so that's the danger when you open that can of worms and 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 you're you're recruiting at such a young age. I mean, these girls are committing their whole lives to that, and that's what sounds good. But what happens if there's an injury and 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 that school comes back and, and takes away that commitment. I mean, you've taken away something that that little girl's been committed to for so long. I mean, there's it's it's tricky, and you have to understand that it is there. It, it is a business in a sense. I mean, the school sure. is, um, you know, paying you to come and do your job for the school. So I do understand the business side of things, but for an athlete, I mean that that's terrible, and that's not a good feeling. So recruiting can be tricky. Um, there can be some, you know, red flags, but. Overall, I mean, to get started, if if you're trying to be recruited, if that's something that's interesting to you, film your stuff. Um, back in my day, oh my gosh, I, I don't really even need to say that, but we used to have YouTube channels and we used to um, email a coach and say like, hi, my name is, you know, Emma Smith and I'm 14 years old. I'm a fresh, is that a freshman? I'm a freshman in high school. This is my GPA. (laughs) This is what I want to study. I'm a level blah, blah, blah. Just kind of, you know, you want to kind of give them a summary about who you are and that sort of thing. And then, you know, we used to provide our YouTube link in there so they could click and go to the channel. But I think a lot of girls are making Instagram accounts now and Hmm. it'll be like Emma Smith underscore 2020 gymnastics, something like that. Um, So I, I think you definitely want to get your gymnastics on camera um, and and kind of show the coach, hey, like this is what I'm working on. This is what I competed last season. Um, And then once you make it to the JO Nationals, they've got literally like three rows of panels of colleges. And that was so exciting. I remember going to my first Nationals and seeing how many colleges were there. Um, So, I mean, there's definitely opportunities where they'll come to you. I know there's an in-house, but, you know, they'll come to your gym and they'll kind of watch and and see how your personality is and kind of see, you know, how and where you would fit in with their team. That is so crazy. I've never thought about the implication that social media is now having. You can Mm -hmm. essentially have your own recruitment tape out there all the time. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's interesting. And listen, yeah. that is something that they need to take advantage of and not let hinder them in the recruiting process mm-hmm. because the same way that it could benefit you, it could also be a problem if you're not utilizing it the right way or if you're putting Absolutely. stuff out there that doesn't represent you well. That is something right. to keep in mind. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So at what point, so there's there's 
some opt to do a, a verbal commitment earlier. Yes. Which, yes. what is really the benefit of that? Because does that deter other schools from pursuing you? You know what I mean? Like, does it, sure. does it increase the competition for you or does it kind of keep everyone at bay? Yeah. Well, I think it kind of shuts the door in, in a sense. I mean, again, it's just a verbal. Anything can happen. I mean, I've known gymnasts who were verbally committed to one school and they change their verbal and they sign with another school. So, yeah. I mean, anything can happen. It's not a set in stone thing, but I think it's kind of like a, we're going to put the lid on this, you know, like this is where you're going to go. And, and it gives you a sense of purpose. It gets that gymnast and the, the coaches and staff as well. It gets them excited, gets everyone excited. And, um, you know, I'm thinking if I'm being recruited and I verbally commit to a school, like I'm excited and I want to work hard and I want to get certain skills for my school. You know, I have something to look forward and look toward to. So, I mean, it's a whole nother goal set um, looking into the future. So once you actually sign, what age are you typically? You're a senior. So, senior. I mean, just like today is signing day for football. Um, my dad, my dad's a football coach and I know he's had his signing day. Um, LSU mm-hmm. has a bunch today going on too. I mean, every school. So, I mean, it's the same process for gymnastics. They're going to have a signing day and you'll, you'll have your little party and you'll do it in front of all your friends and family and you'll sign it and then you'll, you'll fax it in and, and it's a sealed deal. Signed, sealed, delivered. I like yep. it. Very exciting for the young ladies that are going to be starting their college career here shortly, kind of finally getting that moment after going through the recruiting process and dreaming about college. A lot of them are going to start that whole journey here in a couple weeks. So very exciting time for them. Well, as we switch gears to the elite world, like I mentioned at the beginning, Team USA has announced that the training for the Olympics is going to take place at a gym in Indianapolis. I just want to get your perspective on this, McKenna. Listen, without going into, you know, the depth of, of the topics that have surrounded Team USA gymnastics, because we all know that they're there and this has been a tumultuous few years full of a lot of difficulties. Um, So for there to be a change like this implemented, to go and and train in an entirely new city and a new facility and kind of feels like a fresh start in a way, how is that beneficial for the girls, especially those like Simone Biles that have been a part of the past pain? Yeah. Um, Well, I I think once the ranch went down and and they, you know, they kind of closed that one up, um, they were traveling all over, all over the country to different clubs and and they they were hosting the national training camps there. So um, I think it was good for the girls and I think it is good for the girls to to kind of have a new start and a fresh start. Um, You know, it's one thing because you're you're getting used to new equipment every time you go. And I think that's a good thing. I think that might actually help them in the long run. Um, you know, cause when you go to a meet, it's all going to be a new equipment, a new environment. So I think this is good. I think it's good for them to have a fresh start. I agree with you. The official announcement came on Friday and it is the gymnastics company that is going to be the interim training center for the U S women's national team and developmental program. Uh, they say that the gymnastics company has the facilities and availability that will allow us to have all training camps for the women's program in one place. This will provide the continuity and routine that is important for the gymnasts and their coaches in their training and preparation into the next Olympics. Just having a whole new experience going into this next Olympics, I think will definitely help with the next stepping stone of how this, this program can continue to, um, 
just just shed light in a good way. You know, we, we we've got to we've got to get back to where it's about the athletes, and I think um, providing them with a new environment is is one of those stepping stones. Well, that's exciting all around. I hope that this kind of gives them the ability to just focus and have some clarity and a, a change of pace a little bit as they gear up for Tokyo. Well, we are about to bring Bart Connor in, like we mentioned, talk to him about all things gymnastics. But before we do that, I just want to tell you guys about my bookie. It's that time of the year. Christmas is coming up quick. I really need to go shopping for some presents for my family, but it's coming up very quick and we are approaching the 25th and our friends at MyBookie want to make your season special with 12 days of gifts. MyBookie is already one of the most trusted and reputable sports books in the industry. And this holiday season, they're getting into the spirit of giving with 12 straight days of giveaways. That's right, 12 days of gifts, a brand new gift every single day so you can take your game to the next level. They kicked off this promotion on the 14th with a free parlay for the UFC, and they'll keep up the gift giving through the 25th. Free bets, free spins, futures, and more. While Santa has his, they've checked off their list. They've got a little something for everyone, and this is the promotion that you won't want to miss, especially with the NBA and NHL in full swing and all the college bowl games around the corner. It really is the holiday season and the best time of year for sports betting. Parlays, teasers, specials, anything you could ever ask for, MyBookie is here to make Christmas great again. Great again? It's always great. MyBookie is here to make (laughs) Christmas greater. I'm going to change that. Head over to mybookie.ag right now and use our promo code BLV to get half of your initial deposit in free wagers. And that is just the start of your savings. Make sure to check the site out during this promotion because there's going to be something new every day and you're going to want to take advantage of the deals. So go sign up for MyBookie with our code BLV and start winning today. Okay, everybody, the moment you have all been waiting for, and honestly, the moment that I have been waiting for, this is one of the (laughs) nicest, most fun guys that you will ever meet. Everyone welcome the one and only Bart Connor. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. There's there's no way I could live up to that reputation. So uh, I'm I'm humbled and embarrassed, but thank you, Taylor. I'm happy to talk to you guys today. I have had the pleasure of working with Bart uh, over the past few years during his time at ESPN. And it's always a good time, you know? I will say pretty much every production meeting that our team has, our guy Bart Connor and Kathy Johnson-Clark always end up in some kind of handstand competition. So they, yes, every time. And we try and get like producers in on it. It's a good time. Oh, yeah. that's hilarious. Come on, McKenna, think about it. I mean, we're gymnasts. What else do we do? <laughs> that's how you guys compromise. All right, well, whoever holds it longest without walking will go their way. <laughs> well, I've hit a certain age where holding it a long time is not really an option. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Oh, it is good stuff. Well, we are excited to pick his brain a little bit, talk all things gymnastics. So I'll get us going first. Bart, you have so much to be proud of during your time in gymnastics. This really stood out to me. You are the only American male gymnast to win gold medals at every level of national and international competition. I mean, there's so much to be said about what you accomplished during your time. When you look back 
over your time on the sport. Is there any particular accomplishment or experience that you would say had a profound impact on you? Oh, well, thank you, Taylor. Uh, you know, I've, I've been at this a long time and, um, you know, I think maybe one of the most profound things I ever experienced was my first giant swing on high bar. <laughs> I just thought, I just thought, my God, that's the coolest thing I've ever got to do. And, you know, I, I love gymnastics from day one and I just thought that's where I belong. I remember to this day what the gym looked like, what it smelled like, what the color of the mats were the first time I walked into a gymnastics gym. And, you know, I'd played lots of sports growing up in the Chicago suburbs. So I'd done lots of things from hockey to Pop Warner football, baseball, you name it, wrestling. And I went into that gymnastics gym and I said, oh man, this is where I belong. And, and I just knew it. And uh, so when I first learned a giant swing, it was like my world was just transformed. It was like, how cool is that? Like there's nobody else in my school who can do this. Wow. <laughs> and I know maybe for you, McKenna, when you, you know, when you learn something cool, man, it's just like nothing else. Right. And, and you think, like how lucky am I to be able to do this and do it at a high level? So I've always lived with a great deal of gratitude for the things that have happened to me along the way. Of course, I've worked hard, but I'm really proud of of, of the journey I've uh, experienced. And, and I'm really proud of the role I have right now. I see myself as an ambassador of sorts. And, mm -hmm. and it's so great to be working in college gymnastics as a commentator and and be able to shine a bright light on these amazing young women and uh, and hopefully give them the, the, the glory that they deserve for all of their hard work. No, I mean, I, I can resonate when you, when you say learning a new skill, you just feel so accomplished and you feel so, mm -hmm. you know, like, oh, I can do this. Well, what's next? You know, what else can I do? Um, and mm -hmm. clearly, clearly that worked out for you. You have quite, quite a list of things you continue to accomplish. Um, in terms of college gymnastics, what made you I mean, did you have the option to commentate for men's gymnastics or do you do that? Do you, you know, how was your tie in um, with broadcasting for women's college gymnastics? Well, it's kind of interesting how it worked out over the years. You know, I've worked for nearly every television network that covered gymnastics over the years from ESPN to ABC, NBC, CBS, you name it. TNT when they did it sometimes at the Goodwill Games and others. So originally, uh, of course, you know, having been a champion gymnast, the, the phone rings and they say, hey, we, would you like to be a caller commentator and, sure. and provide some of your insights? So that's really why the phone rang in the first place. But I also realized at some point I'd kind of like to do it professionally. So I got my degree in journalism and public relations and I thought, well, I'm interested in media. I'm interested in the, in playing that role. I'd, I'd wanted to be a commentator, but I also learned after a period of time, after the, the dynamics of television have changed over the years and the women's sport has gotten so popular, I thought, you know, there's not a lot of work for a guy who's an expert commentator on men's gymnastics because mm -hmm. you rarely see it on television. And uh, so it was really my good friend, Kathy Johnson-Clark, who kind of called me up and said, hey, you know, have you thought about doing play-by-play -play? because women's gymnastics is really growing and there's a lot of opportunities there. And, and I thought, you know, that's probably where I need to be because if I could be a play-by-play -play announcer on women's gymnastics, I'd have a lot of opportunities to work. And yet I'm not just a play-by-play -play person. I'm also an expert in gymnastics. So, sure. you know, together, Kathy and I make a pretty good team because we, we both have a depth of gymnastic knowledge over all these years. And yet my role is decidedly different than hers. You know, the, the play-by-play -play announcer is typically the traffic cop. They get us in and out of commercials. They set up stories and keep you 
on track with the scores and and then you you hopefully set up your analyst to let them shine and do what they do best so i think we found a great partnership and uh, and i love kathy and i love that we 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 found this role right now to uh, that we we can be an asset to this, the growth of women's college gymnastics. I mean, I certainly I'm I'm biased because I've worked with you two, but I think the the chemistry that you two have and the way that you guys bring the broadcast to life and also educate viewers because I think that's a huge part of of gymnastics right now, right? Like we we've got to be educating these viewers and expanding an audience, and to do that, you've got to have two people committed to that cause, and and you and Kathy clearly are well as you know very well in most sports you know that they come up with interesting stats or they come up with interesting replay angles or they come up with technical assets to a show that helps inform and educate and hopefully inspire the audience and it's been so fun to be a part of that in gymnastics because in reality you know a high percentage of the people watching our gymnastics shows know very little about the sport and yet a small a small percentage of the people are super knowledgeable about gymnastics. So our challenge as announcers is to bring along the people who've never seen this before, but not also betray the super hardcore expert fan who wants to hear uh, more in-depth commentary. So we're always trying to walk that line so we we can be um, uh, as technical as possible to make sure we continue to educate and inform. But we also have to realize that, you know, the bulk of our audience doesn't have any idea what this is about or what, how the scores are done or, or, you know, who gets to decide who wins. And, and yet over the last four or five years, we've seen that the, the, the appreciation for what's going on in college gymnastics is growing dramatically. And so, yeah, it's so fun to be a part of that. I totally agree with you. And that's always a a difficult balance, like you said, to kind of appeal to both of those demographics. But I think that that's what ultimately makes a great broadcast. And that's true of a lot of sports. I mean, not every Mm -hmm. single person that sits down to watch football understands the X's and O's of it. So if you have an educational aspect, you're helping the viewer all the way around. So I think Mm -hmm. uh, the the weekly broadcast has, has done great things for the sport. And we talk a lot about, you know, just different aspects of gymnastics both the elite side and the college side and and just kind of some of the difficulties that it has faced in in trying to grow and reach you know a higher prominence as someone who has been involved in both the elite world in the college world the television side the the athlete side what is an aspect of this sport that you would say you have seen grow and evolve over time well, it's changed a lot, you know, because when we were first in it, the, you know, the only reason to do it was if you could make the national team or if you could, um, you know, represent your country in an international competition. That was the focus of it. So every gym, every coach, every program was sort of geared towards creating the highest level elite athletes they could. And, but that's a very exclusive club, as you know, and and the game changer really uh, has been the collegiate programs because I'm not sure the exact number, but I think there's 82 women's collegiate programs in the country. And so a lot of these clubs and a lot of these kids who are getting to a fairly high level, when you realize that, you know, only four or maybe five will be on the Olympic team out of 5 million kids in the United States that do gymnastics, literally, 
it's it's less than one in a million have a shot at making the Olympic team. But if you start looking around and say, hey, wait a minute, I can get a really incredible college experience. I can get a great education that's worth a couple hundred thousand dollars Mm -hmm. and I can set my life up for for future success if I go to college. And so that has really just energized the base of the club program in the United States. And so. You know, a lot of these young gymnasts, they, they, many of them have think, well, I, you know, unless you're Simone Biles, you better not really be focused on the Olympics. <laughs> you know, you might, but, but look at all the young ladies that are thriving and, and defining what's good about gymnastics through their college experiences. Right. So, you know, they have no bigger fan and, and, you know, you know, as well as I do, and McKenna maybe knows this because, you know, McKenna, I traveled the world with your mom when we were just teenagers, you right. know, and, and uh, you know, it's crazy, but to see what's happened here and, and how it has transformed things is that uh, in the old days, you know, you went off to college, to be honest, because you couldn't quite cut it in elite. Hmm. And right. what's right. happening now is even the best, I mean, world champions and Olympic gold medalists are now saying, hey, wait a minute, I need to retain my NCAA eligibility because I don't right. want to miss out on what's awesome about college gymnastics. So to me, that was a transformation when you got people like, you know, Olympian and, and world champion Bridget Sloan, who says, hey, I'm going to college. And then you, all of a sudden you see the number of really high level elite athletes who see the value of that collegiate experience. And, and that's obviously helping drive the popularity. I'm sure you see it that way too, McKenna. Absolutely. And Taylor and I have talked about that a little bit, um, just just how up and coming and how college gymnastics has kind of been the more go-to because, I mean, and just throughout the years, how they've narrowed down the size of the team. I mean, four athletes to compete and you have an entire national team. I mean, it's it's almost not fair that those girls, you know, they've trained their whole life for that opportunity. But with college being kind of the new thing, I mean, that has been such an opportunity for those girls to step in and, and you know, get an education, like you said, and get to do the sport at, at a really fun level. I mean, it's, I mean, I know for me personally, it can be redefined the definition of gymnastics for me and then brought me a whole new love for it. So it, it definitely college has been quite the experience. I used, I used to joke that college gymnastics was rehab for elites. Oh my, it's, it's, <laughs> that is a beautiful way to put it though. It is, it brings that joy back, it right? brings that love back. It, it reminds you like, hey, this is why I loved it in the first place. I know. And, and I love hearing that from former high level elite and national team members. When we go to their college campuses and you see the enthusiasm, the excitement, the joy, once again, they're like, this is why I love gymnastics. And I was missing this for the last eight years of my life. I'm so happy I'm here. So yeah, it's so fun. Oh, that's great. Um, you kind of mentioned it a little bit about my mom. I am so curious, like what are some funny memories or what's something that you vividly remember about being with my mom in the 1984 Olympics? Oh my God. You know, it's funny. And I always <laughs> felt awkward because, you know, whenever we do our television show and you're getting ready to do floor, I know where the cameras are going. They're like, right, where's right. Mary Lou? Right. And I always feel like I bet I'll bet the viewers are like, oh, God, one more time we're talking about her mom. But, of course, we have to. So uh, I have a feeling if my kid ever becomes a fairly decent gymnast, they'll be talking about his parents, too. So Uh, I always want to to apologize to you, McKenna, because I always Uh, thought, well, here goes the the mandatory shot of your mom going crazy. Always, always. I don't think I got away with it freshman year one time. I think my mom was always like a side paneled screen while I was on (laughs) floor. 
And Dylan, poor yeah. Dylan's got a double whammy. He's got you and mom. That is so funny. Yeah, oh, I know. That, that's why I'm encouraging to play ice hockey. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so I'm sorry. Yeah, I had, so, you know, Mary Lou, obviously, she is really one of the most, you know, transformative athletes in the whole Olympic movement and, and, uh, and, and, and what she has done and has continued to represent for the sport has been magnificent. So, yeah, we traveled the world. I remember one time we, we, we were in Japan somewhere and she and Diane Durham were sharing a room and I forget, Kurt Thomas and I had to go bring them, drop off something at their room and I, I show up there and these two teenage girls are jumping on their beds like they're eight years old. And, and I'm like, isn't it funny? Like these are two of the best gymnasts on the planet. And all they wanted to do was jump on the beds in the hotel room. They're having a blast. Oh my gosh. I'm going to have to bring, I'm going to have to ask her. That is so yeah. funny. Take on that. Well, it's kind of a, a weird time in season. Everything is honestly for mm. both elite and college. We're awaiting the season. We're awaiting the Olympics, but you are very involved in both. So would love to get a bit of a, a season preview or an expectation from you. Well, right now I'm, you know, compiling as much research as I can with the season previews with with the current collegiate programs. And I just got my schedule from ESPN for the events that we'll be doing this year with the SEC network, ESPN, ESPN2, and even ABC. I, that's a huge headline, by the way, is, yeah. is the, you know, the final championship night with the four teams on the floor uh, in April will be on ABC television. That is just gigantic. And, and that is literally a credit to what a great product that women's college gymnastics has produced. Uh, there's several of our meets this year that are on ESPN2, ESPNU, and even ESPN. So the interest level is just soaring. And, and uh, you know, over the last few years, there's been such compelling stories. I mean, yeah. the rivalries in the SEC, you can never go wrong with those intense rivalries. And I'll tell you a funny story. You know, it was sometime a half a year ago or so, and, uh, you know, that was following some Twitter feeds and things. And, and somebody put up a video of some Russian gymnast, like in a World Cup event, like in Japan or something, doing just a magnificent triple back somersault on floor exercise. Mm -hmm. And I'm in awe of what I'm seeing gymnastically, but I look in the background and there's not a hundred people in the stands and most of them wearing credentials, which means these are like delegation <laughs> people. There was nobody in the crowd. Wow. And then I come off of me, you know, I do an Alabama, Georgia, where there's 15,500 people in Coleman Coliseum going crazy, right. having fun, rocking and rolling and enjoying gymnastics. And the kids run out screaming, happy. And I'm thinking, look what's happening here to college gymnastics. And, and in the contrast, I mean, you know, it's unfortunate, but the Outside of the Olympics, the elite programs get very little attention unless you have an anomaly, and that's like Simone Biles, who sure. is, you know, she's mega superhuman, and man, she's she's cool, and she's fun to watch, and she's she's redefining the sport, and I'm a gigantic fan of hers. But at the same time, if you look at the quality of the product that's being offered on television, elite gymnastics is magnificent, and I'll never diss that. But the product of what a college gymnastics meet, it's a perfect 90-minute competitive experience between two teams full of enthusiastic, talented young women. And it often comes down to the last 
landing on the last tumbling pass. And that's why it's so compelling. And, and when you think about, you know, what makes the March Madness so great in college basketball is, you know, you go into those tournaments and the little guy has a chance to win. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you, you know, McKenna, you know, you can be big, bad LSU, but if you guys, you know, have three wobbles on beam in a fall, you could lose to a team that's a lot lower ranked, right? Absolutely. And, and to me, that's the best part about it. Because if you're, if you're with a school that is, let's say, you know, not in the top 20, uh, you go into a contest thinking we might have a chance to just challenge LSU. So sure. game on. And sure. to me, that's what drives the excitement. Absolutely. And, and Taylor and I've talked about this before the reason with the super regional has opened up so many opportunities for upsets like that. I mean, we saw that last year with Florida not making it to the national championship. So, I mean, you are exactly right when it is exciting. And I think that's what keeps people on their toes and, and keeping them interested in, in the meets like this. And the reality of that, that a lot of that has to do with retaining the 10-0 scoring system because it has created a great deal of parity in women's college gymnastics, which, which is what makes it exciting. I know there's always challenges and they need to consider often to continue to tweak the rules, sure. but the reality is by retaining the 10.0 system, they build in a measure of, uh, of competitiveness uh, that keeps every meet interesting. And so, you know, experts like us and you all would, you know, when you see a meet, a team wins by a point and a half, it's, it's really not that close. Yeah. Right. But you know, to the new fan, you know, there, man, we were just a, we're a point and a half from LSU. Right. We're pretty right. darn good. Right. And, 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 it, and it's honest and it is, and it, it is only because of the parody because of the rules, because um, uh, you know, you, you, that's to me that in, in some ways it's the best part of college gymnastics. In some ways it's the most challenging part because then it puts a lot of onus on the judges. And uh, I'm not always confident that the judges get it right. 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 Well, you know, it's funny on that subject. I mean, I do think that there's two aspects of that. One are the rules. And I think sure. you could always consider continuing to, to tweak the rules. Uh, the, the reality is, though, and, and I think McKenna knows this especially, that if there's 82 programs, you know, we often focus on the rules and how they apply to the top 12 teams. Right. But there's 70 other teams that get to vote on the rules changes, and they may not have every, every girl on their team doing a Yurchenko full. Right. Or one and a half. Right. So they want to maintain as much parity in the scores so that they have a chance too. And so it's a it's a it's a balancing act because you don't want to make the rules that are only appropriate for the top 10 teams in the country. You want to make the rules that create, you know, a competitive environment for for all 82 teams. And it's hard to get that right sometimes because it's like the issue of, you know, raising or, or lowering the value of a Yurchenko full to a 995, um, it took like a decade to get that done. Hmm. Because most of the lower ranked schools wouldn't support devaluing the vault because they didn't have gymnasts who could do one and a half. Most of those top schools do, right? And right. so it's always a little bit of a challenge because you're trying to advance the sport and accommodate the highest level. But at the same time, what makes college gymnastics great is the parity. So it's a balancing act. Wow. 
Wow. I've never thought about that. I mean, there's so many complexities in this sport and I feel like they're always going to continue to show themselves, but enough people have, have bought in even like you were saying, mm -hmm. the television side and all the people at ESPN and NBC and all these big networks that see the value in this and are pouring into it. We're going to continue to see the fruits of that labor. So Bart Connor, thank you so much for joining us today. It's always great to hear from you. Hey, I love you guys. Good luck with your uh, podcast, and uh, I look forward to seeing you down the road this year. Sounds good. Thank you. McKenna, say hi to Mary Lou. I will. I sure will. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, that concludes our episode of Chalk Talk here today. We will be back in two weeks. We are not going to do a podcast episode next week for the Christmas holiday. Everybody go enjoy some time with family, open presents, eat all the food, drink some hot chocolate, watch football. I mean, it's a great time of year. Go enjoy your week, and we will be back the week after that for another we'll episode. We'll be back next year. Oh, shoot. Uh, ha, 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 ha. The cheesiest joke of them the all, dad, it's so fun. McKenna coming in with the, the dad, dad jokes. joke of the year. Thank you. We will talk to you all in two weeks. Merry Christmas. With the holidays just around the corner, now is the time to order holiday cards for family and friends. Only this year, why not create custom holiday photo cards quickly, easily, and affordably at simplytoimpress.com. Simplytoimpress.com is your holiday photo card headquarters with thousands of unique Christmas cards and other designs to choose from. All you do is upload your family photos, personalize the text, and you're done. Simplytoimpress.com prints your cards on your choice of premium card stock in just a few days and rushes them straight to your door. Maybe that's why the New York Times wire cutter named Simply to Impress their favorite photo card service. They even offer foil cards and hundreds of great holiday card designs for your business, too. Place your order today to save 30% and get free shipping. Just enter promo code DEAL at checkout. Save big on holiday photo cards today using promo code DEAL at simplytoimpress.com. That's simplytoimpress.com. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.